I want to start today's podcast by saying thank you to all of our incredible guests that we have had on this podcast and in our clinics over these last six years. And especially thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate you showing up and listening on a regular basis to learn from our guests and grow as a coach so that together we can unlock the full potential of this great game. As we near our 1500 episode, anytime I go back through our archives, I tend to get lost in listening to the impactful insight and ideas that our coaches share. That was certainly true in putting together today's episode. The eight coaches here are truly elite. They are the 10% coach, that part of any bell curve occupied by those who do it right with a standard of excellence above all others. From a statistical point of view, this group has a winning percentage of 0.818 and a cumulative record of 3,032 wins, 663 losses, and 10 ties. And together, they've won 78 state championships to date. They have all won over 300 games, and one is just eight wins shy from 500. Listening through each interview, their stories and outlooks on life and coaching are amazingly and certainly an example to follow. Their passion for the game is unquestionable. We share insight from each of these coaches today, and you will hear that there is not a secret formula to what they have done to produce consistent excellence and results. They are deeply convicted and disciplined about their approach, and that, along with the faith and belief they have in their players and communities, put them in a category all their own. We start with Rick Jones, who ended his high school career with a record of 317 wins and 74 losses, a .811 winning percentage, which included nine state championships. He is now the special assistant to Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz. When he made that move, I asked him why, and he said he wanted to keep learning the game. He takes the approach of being a lifelong learner, which certainly is required to excel as a football coach. In this segment, he shares a story of how his philosophy developed, the approach he takes with his players, and the purpose and why behind what he does. My story is really different. I had so many bad coaches, <laughs> and I thought there's got to be a better way to do this because I love the game so much. And, I, and it was also different times, and, and I understand that. I'd say the best football coach I had was a guy that coached me between third and sixth grade. His name's Hamer Prestige in Duncan, Oklahoma. He owned a janitorial supply company, and he was awesome. He was the best coach ever. He was enthusiastic, and he loved us, and he screamed and yelled and jumped up and down. He's enthusiastic, and he just had a huge passion for the game of football. And I'm so glad that I had him first because some of the next couple coaches that I were just the opposite, but it was a different time. Uh, they didn't think so much about, you know, grabbing you by the face mask and kicking your rear and uh, slapping you upside the head and call you bad names and things like that. It was, and I just, I know when I got kicked in the rear and when I got my face mask shook and then I got sort of a forearm shiver to the chest by a coach, I just knew there's a better way to motivate because I know how I felt when that happened to me. And I, and so if you say, what's your philosophy? A lot of my philosophy is based on don't coach like that. Try to be a, obviously be a role model and be a, a great example to the kids. Be enthusiastic, have fun with what you're doing, enjoy the kids, you know, sort of enjoy the journey. And I'm I'm probably a bad a grinder as there is out there in, in some ways, but I think that any kid that 
that has played for us over the long period of time will say that that they know I love the game and I love being there and I love being with them. And I, and I think that if, you know, you'd ask our players uh, what they would put on my tombstone when I'm gone, and they'd probably say it's a beautiful day in the wood because every time I see the kids, whether it's rain, snow, sleet, gloom, night or day, you know, if they say, if they say, how you doing, I just say it's a beautiful day in the wood. And I think that they sort of get that, but it also builds a mentality. When you talk about philosophy, it built a mentality of we're going to play football in the weather. It's not like basketball where, you know, you're in a gym, there's no wind, no rain, no snow, and you sort of create that mentality. It's always a beautiful day if you get to play football, and, and uh, that would be that. I think if you just say number one philosophy – I started coaching in 78, 79, something like that. I was a head coach in 1986 for the first time. And I look back at one of my first player manuals that I, I passed out. And our priorities that, that we have on our player's manual has not changed. And I, I believe that's been the one constant that we've had all the way through this 38 years or so. And that is I, I put the priorities right there on front of the, of the policy because it's the most simple way to make decisions because if you have your priorities in order, which I don't all the time, I'm still working at it, but when you have your priorities in order, it makes all the decisions after that easier. And the priorities that we have in our program are God Church, number two is family, three is academics, four is football, and number five is everything else. So every decision that we make, we, we have to, we can just refer back to our priorities. You know, a kid comes to me and he says, hey coach, I'm going to miss practice on Wednesday. And I say, okay, why? Are you going to miss practice on Wednesday and, he's, and then he tells me why and I in all you in my brain all you do at that point is say well John let's let's look at our priority list and you sign this your parents signed it we're all on the same page where does this fit into your priorities and, and to that list and if it's a if it's a church thing if it's a family thing if it's an academic thing then we can understand why they're going to miss practice or whatever but if it's not that's it you know one of the things that I think we struggle with as coaches is, is making those decisions. Well, how do you handle people that are absent? How do you handle people that are late? And, and things like that. And it just made it simple to me. When you put your priorities on that sheet of paper, the parents sign it, the kids sign it. We do it twice a year just to make sure that we, you know, we're constantly, you know, updating and, and making sure everybody knows where we're at and what we, you know, what our beliefs are. It, it makes things just a lot easier. And then if you're, we handle it, as from an excused or unexcused basis. And I've often just scratched my head at coaches that sort of have a, a wavering policy or philosophy or set of priorities. And, and we're going to try to live to those priorities. If the kid comes in and says, hey, I'm going to church, then that's never going to be an issue. Now, if he says I'm coming in to take a trip to Six Flags <laughs> with the church group, then we have a problem. I think if you have your priorities in order and you strive to live up to those priorities it makes things easier i believe you know i i'm a big believer in in joe ehrman and the message that he's putting out and with inside out coaching and jeffrey marks book seasonal life and that if our purpose in high school football is not to change the lives of young men through the game of football then oh my goodness we wasted a lot of time i think it just has to be that has to be our driving number one thing not fight it Myself, I just tell you, because I love the game itself so much, and and honestly, we love to win, and uh, we fight ourselves, and we 
constantly have to look at ourselves and, and look into our own hearts and minds and souls and make sure that we're doing things uh, the right way because we want to win. <laughs> right. uh, we spend time and effort and energy and focus and and uh, all the energy towards not only winning games but also trying to develop young men. And if we're not doing that, then we're we're really missing the mark. I, I believe in, in the long run we'll be held accountable in a negative way in that, for that. Our next coach is John Roderick, who retired after winning his 13th state championship in 2022. He recorded a record of 315 wins and 34 losses, a .903 winning percentage. In this segment, he describes the purpose behind his coaching and what's driven him and his program to the standard of excellence. Well, I, you know, I, I think our, our purpose, when we, like when, and, I, and I mentioned this in a clinic I did just recently, I said, you know, when we talk to our parents, we, and, and even when we talk to our kids now about our goal and, and what, what, what we're all about, you know, the number one goal that we have, and, and we say it at every parent meeting, and we talk about it with our coaches, is, is to, to prepare these kids, to prepare the kids that we have for life, you know, prepare them for life. From a standpoint of football is a great way, it's a, it's a great tool to, to do that because, you know, we, we've done a, a really good job with the, the family atmosphere, you know, developing and creating a family atmosphere within our program. And I'm talking about, the, you know, we have kids that play third grade football in Webb City that, you know, when they, they play, start playing tackle football in third grade and, and – and a lot of those kids, would, a lot of the kids we had this year, Coach, all I ever wanted to do when I was in third grade was to be a, be, be a guy that played up here for, for this program. And, you know, we invite them to games and we have them camps for them and, and little on-field things for them. And, and our, our players go down and talk to them in the elementary schools. But to us, you know, it's, it's not just a family, you know, 9th through 12th graders at Webb City High School. It's a family of football in the whole community. And, uh, you know, we're a town of about 12,000 people. But, gosh, I mean, I, I want every person involved in that program that, that can be. You know, our parents are a big, big part of it, you know. And, and uh, so I would say we, we do a really good job establishing a family, you know, that family environment. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the, the, the number one thing. Randy Allen, the head coach of Highland Park, High school in Texas has a record of 424, 92, and 6, a .818 winning percentage with four state championships. He is truly unique in the approach he takes in creating a program that the community is proud of, as well as his ability as an entertainer. Listen to his full episode to hear some of the unique things he's done in that regard. In order to have long-term success in one place, you have to win over players, parents, in the community, and for Coach Allen, that starts with building trust. He explains it here. I think you've got to have trust in your community and your football team, and you got to be fair. And uh, trust takes a long time to build up. And uh, I always felt like if, a, if I could build up trust in, in the people and the parents in this community trusted me and had confidence in me that I could – stay for 21 22 this would be my 22nd year here which is a long time for a coach to stay somewhere but uh i think trust and fairness are two things you've got to have and then your kids uh have to think that you really do care for them and you show that love for them by 
if they get injured, going to see them in the hospital, uh, it's calling them and texting them and being a friend to them and talking to things outside of football. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we have uh, Zoom meetings now that we're sheltered in place or when we were sheltered in place, we'd have Zoom meetings. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just important that you uh, get that community to trust you so that they they'll let you coach their son and the, and they won't interfere or second guess you and there's a formula that we use here we you know you got to have players that believe in players players that believe in coaches coaches that believe in coaches and coaches that believe in players and then i tell our parents that the fifth and sixth thing you got to have you got to have parents that believe in coaches and parents that believe in players Cleveland St. Ignatius head coach Chuck Kyle wrapped up his final season of his career in 2022. He won an Ohio record 11 state championships while achieving a record of 353 wins, 90 losses, and one tie, a .797 winning percentage. He won three national championships as well. Excellence has come for Coach Kyle and the St. Ignatius program from teaching his players to prepare mentally physically, and spiritually for the challenge. It's a very important idea in his program that his players are able to carry through life. I think when you say core idea, I always think that our mantra with with the, uh, the program is that I'm hoping I'm teaching a young man to be, learn how to prepare and prepare thoroughly, to prepare mentally, to prepare physically, and to prepare spiritually for any challenge you get. At that point in time and that young man's life here's football and each week there's a big challenge and you know you set high goals and okay so prepare mentally and physically and spiritually for the challenge because you know football is a complex game <laughs> that's why there's radio and tv programs and people like what you're doing and and people really do this game is a passion for people because it's complex physically uh, to improve in the offseason, all the work people put in, there's got to be a reason for it. And I always believe spiritually because sometimes <laughs> you got to keep your faith. You know, the Cleveland Browns right now, take a look. They got to keep their faith to keep going, right? And things don't, don't always work out and you have to just believe it will and keep your faith, keep going. And uh, so I think if there's one very important idea in the program is, you know, come on, this is a football game. Uh, we're, but gradually in life, there'll be bigger challenges than a football game. So learn how to prepare mentally, physically, and spiritually for it. And if you do that, if you do that, then you can look yourself in the mirror and hey, whether you, you succeeded or you didn't, at least you can look yourself in the mirror and go, hey, I gave it all I could. And that's that's what we're here for, to do all we possibly can. So I think that's the major idea I hope we, we get across. Ken Leonard retired following the 2022 season and his sixth state championship in Illinois at Sacred Heart Griffin High School. He believes a system is vital to long-term success. For him, it was something he simply called his man offense. It drives everything. The system is get the man the ball. It has allowed them to adapt and evolve as necessary to make that happen. He fits his system to his personnel. It's a formula for long-term success. In this segment, he shares that, and he continues on about how they improve, and it's about accepting mistakes, owning them, and learning from them. Let's take a listen. I think it's vital to per, uh, 
for success. I think uh, you know, you have to have your system. You have to you have to do what you know best and what you want to do. If you're the head coach uh, and you're an offensive guy um, or you know defense, whatever, you've got to, you got to own what you believe. You know, in the system. Um, I have something that I speak on sometimes, and maybe the only thing I've ever done on my own is called the man offense and we do everything off of the man offense and that is and I'll, I'll just go over a few just brief things on the man offense number one is get the man the ball <laughs> you know the players so it's got to fit our system but so it changes every year a little bit so if we're quarterback now we're going to have to he's a runner and and we got to we got to he's got to get the ball 15 20 times or our tailback our wide receivers whatever it is, then we fit our system to our personnel. That's my belief. And we then we, that's where, like what Phil said, that's where you narrow it down, you know, and, you know, two and three is get the, get the man the ball in space. And number three is don't block the man on defense reading, you know, and mm-hmm. whatever that may be do with the run or the pass. And so those are simple things, but it's things that, I think young people, young coaches sometimes, and old coaches, we get carried away with schemes and concepts and everything. And man, the newest, shiniest thing, we're going to do that, and it just doesn't fit who we, what you have. And and um, you know, you're only as successful as uh, your players. It's not the pl- it's not the plays, it's the players. A couple things that I've found in success is. Um, this is it. First of all, you've got to be able to accept your own, your mistakes, because if you don't, if you can't accept your mistakes, and that's that goes for coaches or kids, then you're not going to improve as a as a person or as a football player. So, you, first thing we do is show them that it's okay. We're going to make mistakes. We want them to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We own our mistakes, and then we got to get. Then we have to learn how we. So that we don't make that mistake again. And I think um, kids today, and I, I tell them, if you can't accept your mistakes as a player, football player, you won't play, you know, because you're not going to get any better than you are. That's And kids today have a hard time with that at first, you know. And, and again, I think, um, I think the relationships of football is it gets them away from the video games and the internet and all that stuff. It's, it gets it gets them to the where you have a and Steve talks about this all the time. Probably the most important thing is our relationships, and that's that's where it is so important uh, in football and in life. You know, and there's no question. It's just the relationships we have. Herb Brogan is in his 43rd year. His career record is 395 and 94 and he just won his 10th state championship in 2022. Herb Brogan took over the program at Lumen Christie High School in Michigan in the midst of a tragedy for their community in which his head coach and close friend was murdered. Like many of these coaches, this is a year-round process, and Coach Brogan loves what the offseason does to build the culture and atmosphere of the program. I wouldn't probably go that far, but I, I have not, I have not missed uh, very many. Uh, as, as we talked, you know, prior to the uh, interview starting, that's uh, kind of uh, the cornerstone uh, of our program, and uh, you know, I, I believe in 
training uh, the kids, I believe, in training myself. So, I, you know, I, I said this to uh, in an interview one time before, and I had a coach or the interviewer tell me I've never had a coach tell me this before, and that is, I've told him. I enjoy the off season uh, every bit as much as I do uh, the in season. Uh, I really enjoy uh, training the kids, uh, working with them uh, in the weight room. Uh, I think uh, that's a, a critical time in terms of getting to know each other, creating bonds, uh, uh, pushing hard, working hard, laughing, you know, making fun of each other a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I just think that. Uh, that the whole culture and atmosphere is formed in the off season, and it's a part of the job that uh, uh, I've always enjoyed just as much as as the season itself. Bob Hyland is Wisconsin's all-time leader in career wins as a head coach. He is eight wins shy of 500 at St. Mary Springs High School. His record is 492 wins, 113 losses, and two ties. A point. 812 winning percentage. He's won 17 state championships. He takes an old school approach built on toughness, especially around the offensive line. And consistency is a big part of things in his program. He notes that his approach has kept things consistent in the community over the years and that winning for them is what's fun. Well, I'm an old lineman, and so consequently, uh, the consistency of our program has has been in the offensive line where we have uh, experienced some great kids coming out and, and developing a program. But that's one of the things when we talk old school, it's lining up on the line of scrimmage, defeating your, purpose, defeating your man across from you, um, rules, assignments, those things are so important that uh, we can't have breakdowns. Once you do, you, you destroy the play. So consequently, going back as many years as I have, uh, it's still the discipline on the offensive line that has made us a great program. We've gotten by with kids that uh, can't run very fast or are not very big, but when we're pulling it off on the line, creating holes in the line of scrimmage, uh, you, you can develop a program. And, of course, we played great defense. Last year in the playoffs, uh, in five games, uh, the only team to score on us was in the first game after it was 60-something. So you go five games of shutout football in the playoffs, uh, that's a lot of toughness. That's a lot of uh, air-free football. And so that's one of the things that we, we preach and we coach, too, is do not make mistakes. The, the people around you are counting on you, and if one person errs, the whole team errs. So... Uh, we've got to be together, and the kids communicate and talk. And being in a private school like we are, uh, we've got a lot of very good kids that uh, will communicate with each other, and and they hang out. They, they're they're friends. They're buddies. This is a team that uh, on and off the field. Coach, that idea of mistake-free football is something that just about every coach talks about, but a few few are able able to find the consistency. In that, uh, when you look at the way you train your players, whether it's starting it in the weight room or things that you do on the field, what do you feel have have been the things that really allow you guys to accomplish that, to be able to to play air-free football? Well, consistency. Like I mentioned, the coaches, many of them have played for me. They they know what to expect. 
I'm, I'm still a lot of old school, uh, get in a kid's face and get after them and um, tell them like it is. If you're not doing a job, I'd let them know that. Um, but one of the things, you know, we really stress with our coaching staff is that let me do the, um, let me be the big mouth and bitch at them. Uh, you guys are their position coach and you got to follow them a little bit. But so we have a pretty good system. One of the things that we really, really emphasize is that uh, the kids uh, need somebody to talk to, and that's where their position coaches are. Uh, I, I've gotten old, and consequently I'm a little bit distanced from them. But uh, one of the things that has really been consistent throughout uh, uh, my 49 years is the, the playbook. The offensive playbook in particular hasn't changed much. Uh, the kids know what to expect. They they run the same stuff and that we are on the varsity uh, on the grade school level. We have a um, youth program. We always start them in we have a fifth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade team in the Catholic system here. And then when they move up, uh, they're they're familiar with the plays. They're familiar with our terminology. Um, it, it's just been that way, and I think that's probably one of the things. Oh, yeah, you look at a lot of these coach teams that come out in a shotgun, throwing the ball over the place. And I asked one one day, I said, why you do it? Well, it's fun. It's fun to throw the ball over the place. Okay. But it's not fun to be 500 when you get a lot of talent. Um, and so consequently, uh, we think we could be 500 or better with no talent. And so we work hard at that. We be consistent. We run the football first. We'll throw the ball when we want to. That's one of the things. So um, I think just the, the old school mentality is don't change unless something needs to be changed. And uh, I, I went my life, one of my first um, clinics, I saw a speech by Hayden Fry. It was titled Scratch Where It Itches. And I had no idea what he was going to talk about. And I got in there and it's the same old thing. Run the same play until they adjust, and then you have to adjust. But if they don't adjust, continue doing the same thing over and over again. I think that's one of the things that we have been successful at. We'll do that. And I don't get to call the plays anymore because I'd call the outside rear 10 times in a row at the same kid, uh, especially if he's making a mistake, to make sure that he got it right. Um, so they don't want me to do that anymore. My coaching staff just says, you just, you just sit back and watch Finally, eight-time state champion from Alabama, USM Wright Academy, Terry Curtis explains the importance of relationships and team chemistry. Coach Curtis has a career record of 317 wins and 85 losses, a .789 winning percentage. In all the success his program has had, he notes that the relationships will be what his players and coaches carry with them forever. The strong relationships build the team chemistry which leads to winning. That's all it's about. I've been this is uh, I've been coaching 46 years. People ask me all the time, you know, the same old question: How much longer are you gonna go? When are you gonna retire? I said, I have no idea as long as my health's good and so forth. I said because all my friends are coaches. I don't even know who my next door neighbors are, <laughs> you know. But my, you know, my wife does. But uh, you know, I, I'm a ball coach. I've never worked a day in my life in 46 years. A lot of people can't say that. So I love 
going to work. I love coaching kids. And as long as I'm making some kind of a, a difference in them in how they respond to me, how they react to me, uh, I'll know it. I'll know when I'm not getting to them anymore because they've, all the things we've talked about today, they won't be doing them because they won't trust what I'm doing and that the game has passed me by. But, but you know, the, the kids that come back now, the coaches that come back now and the coaches that go on to other schools and become successful, you can't – there's nothing you can do with those relationships. And the thing about it, they're going to be there forever. I tell those players, say, let me tell you what. You can go make a million dollars a year. You can go do whatever you want to do, play pro ball or whatever. But I said, when you come back to that class reunion in 20 years, all you football guys are going to end up over in the corner talking about plays, talking about games, talking about experiences that happen you know, during your football season. You're not going to be talking about the prom and, and all that stuff or anything else. All you're going to be talking about it's things that happen on that football field. Some of them funny, some of them not so funny. But I said relationships and, and mentors and, and uh, you know, something else I think, Keith, is very important is, uh, is coaches hiring staff that, that get along. Mm-hmm. That head coach is not with them all the time. And I've seen this team in college. You know, they don't even like each other, yeah. you know. And it's hard. You can't fool kids. You can't fool no. kids. They know when you're all on the same page. They know when you're not. They know when you don't like this, you don't like that. So, you know, I think that's, you know, fellow coaches and hiring coaches and all that's important. Coach, we touched on it a little bit before, but we'll, we'll finish up with it here, the, the team chemistry. It's probably where all this comes down to, all these things you talked about here today. That all has to come together to, to have the right chemistry in order to be successful. I'm sure that's what you found here at, at – uh, at, at uh, this point in your career, you know, 46 years. and Well, seven state championships. Yep. And I can honestly say that those seven state championship teams had better team chemistry. And, and you know, when you talk team chemistry, it goes into a lot of different things. But, but, but they liked each other more than the other teams. And I could give you, go back to every one of them that didn't win one, and I could give you a reason that we didn't win it. And, and, and the ones that did win it, they didn't worry about the little things. They didn't have all the drama. They didn't have the girl. They just wanted to play the game of football. They played wherever you put them. And, and like, go back to what I was talking about earlier. They, they played where you put them. They didn't gripe and complain. They just played, played the offensive line, defensive line, or whatever, and played it to the best of their ability. And, and, and that's all you can ask for out of kids. And they liked each other. That's a ton of great advice from eight incredible coaches who provide a tremendous example of what this game can be and how it can create consistent success that permeates a community and the players and coaches' lives who were part of it. There wasn't necessarily anything that was earth-shattering, but each of these men took their passion for the game and translated it into something that had all the purpose behind it to drive a level of excellence that few reach. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. Be sure to follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.